I don't mean this in a shady way, but you know, you don't have to put the whole invite A in the thing or do you? Okay, so, well, I just copy clipboard and then it, and then it pastes that giant thing. Yeah. But if you just, if you go into the meeting and you press meeting information in the top corner, you press copy link. It's just a little URL. Listen, I don't I've know. been doing it the same way since, since November. Yeah. And if it's you, been, it's if been you're fucking grinding on me. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, it's just set Adrian off here. Just I'm furious. That's why you had showed up late. You had to figure Listen out the best way to. I had to fucking calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, guys. All right, all right, Adrian. You know it's what? okay. That's you fine. you Listen. do you. You're you're doing all the work, so that's only. Uh, I mean, the least I can do still is still not enough, though. The least yeah. I can do is a uh, a bit of unnecessary scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just not very smart, so that's another reason why I do it. <laughs> well, it's not uh, like you have a big incentive to, I don't know, do it differently. So, what's <laughs> exactly what's the and point? now that I know that it irks you, I'm going to keep doing it the way that. <laughs> yeah, that's only fair. Open wide for some soccer. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Soccer Group Chat. Nick, Adrian, and Hope here with you as per usual. Uh, today, we're going to put a bow on our Super League series, as it turns out, kind of four episodes in a row talking about the same thing uh, with a little fun segment that we thought of, I think, last episode or two episodes ago, which is a top six draft. Uh, but that's coming up after this first segment. Uh, Adrian wants to talk about something related to gambling, uh, which is something near and dear to my heart as of late. Um and I don't know, I think I, I, I'm going to throw it over to Adrian uh, to kick us off with uh, this, whatever the gambling thing he wants to talk about is. Uh, of course, the reason where Nick is being so vague, uh, you know, I didn't tell him the full topic because we, we need to convince him he has a problem. But <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I heard I was listening to one of my favorite other podcasts uh, the other day uh, called Canada Land, which is like a news and news uh, criticism podcast and website. And they had an interesting story about the Toronto Star, uh, which is like Toronto's like center left newspaper. And it's owned by a company called Tor Star. And Tor Star was uh, bought in 2020. So like last year in August by new owners and some things have been like changing. And the one I wanna talk about is that they are getting into gambling. They're investing in like online gambling. And the reason why Canada Land was covering it is because they've started to bring in articles about gambling that are fairly supportive without really declaring their potential conflict of interest that, that their holding company is investing in online gambling. So some like shady stuff going on there. What makes it worse is that the newspaper has a long history of anti-gambling editorials and anti-gambling coverage because they're built on these uh, principles, like sort of unofficial principles of the newspaper that it's basically like reform and like support political change. And the reason that's an issue is because up to 50% of gambling revenue uh, at least like a study done in Canada said that at least 50% or at most 50%, sorry, comes from problem gamblers who are mo more likely to be low income. So it's like yeah. a tax on the poor kind of thing. Yeah. And they're saying it's to fund journalism, but 
obviously if this journalism is going to lack ethics, then great. Amazing <laughs> to fund it. So I just thought that was an interesting sports related thing because obviously sports gambling is a, a huge issue. A lot of players have been uh, banned for gambling, admitted to being gambling addicts. You had like Kieran Trippier giving away some information, getting a 10 game ban at Atletico. And you have teams that have sponsors from gamblings, you know, like Newcastle. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to use that interesting bit of Toronto news to transition into maybe a, a short discussion about gambling in soccer. Uh, sure. I mean, like just off the back of what you said, um, when you brought up uh, Kieran Trippier and his issues, I think uh, Daniel Sturridge was also suspended for a number of matches because uh, it wasn't even him, but a, a close member of his circle or something made a made a wager on his transfer status or something. Um, and this is going to be really vague, but I think you guys are going to know as well. There was, I think it was an FA Cup a, a team competing in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup or something that got to, like, I don't know, a surprising round, and they had a big fat keeper. And there was, and, and I don't know his name, but big fat keeper, there was wagers put out on whether or not he would eat a pie mid-match. Yeah, oh, I, uh, I remember that. Um, he ate the pie. <laughs> Um, but there are a lot of questions as to, uh, you know, uh, the, the ethics of him having said pie, probably the most controversial pie consumption in the history of uh, English football, debatably so. Um, but yeah, back to soccer. Uh, it, it's no secret that sports gambling is is oh, not, not rampant as if it's a purely negative thing, but um, it drives a it's an industry that's driven heavily by soccer. Uh, and recently I was reading an article in the BBC about uh, 60 problem gamblers uh, wrote an open letter alongside their MPs uh, to appeal to the major European networks to ban uh, sports gambling advertisements during large European finals. And that kind of ties into the, what uh, Adrian was saying. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of revenue from sports gambling comes from problem gamblers or at-risk gamblers. Um, so it's an interesting thing moving forward. I don't think you can really take it out because, you know, these are, you know, these are organizations that fund, fund a lot of football. Like they are, like you said, the shirt sponsors, they're on the ad boards and everything. So, uh, it, I, I don't think it's an effort to take sports gambling out of football because I mean, they're, they're almost um, uh, it, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship. Like sports gambling succeeds as soccer succeeds, soccer succeeds, you know, as, as people can be putting wagers down, but you know, in, in terms of awareness uh, and, and not trying to target uh, you know, at risk people for, for profit. Uh, I think that's, it's actually a really big step forward for, uh, for the football commu footballing community as a whole to kind of crack down as sports gambling is really being expanding. Yeah. And I mean, as someone who recently got into sports gambling, uh, just as something to do something, something for fun, like something for fun, uh, I could definitely see, you know, it, how it can become a problem. And it's, it's clear as day that, you know, it's very addictive, um, and I also have a subscription to the Toronto star. So I feel like I'm a bit, <laughs> and I have shares in the score. So I feel like I'm a bit biased as to my opinion on this. You know, it's fun, uh, in moderation, you know, I, I have like friends who are kind of addicted to it. Uh, they do it all the time, kind of gets them through the day. Uh, I have friends who, 
use it as another income revenue stream. Like they'll have these, they'll make their own algorithms and bet on baseball and do these parlays and stuff. And like, it's, it's a game, right? So it's kind of another way to, add, it's another layer of personal investment into the sport that you're watching, you know, Vegas with the sports books, like it's just fun, but yeah, I mean, it definitely gets to a point where, I mean, do we need it plastered all over everything? Do we need every single Premier League team almost to have some sort of sports betting company as their shirt sponsor? Do we need sports betting ads? Uh, like now on the sports networks, as gambling slowly becomes legalized in the States and in Canada, they're incorporating, you know, prop bets into the broadcasts. Uh, so, you know, you'll see, you'll be watching a baseball game and, and you know, it'll be like the over-under or the the odds of this player is going to hit a home run and you could just like scan a QR code and then, and then bet immediately. And it's definitely, it's, it's kind of predatory. Um, and, you know, I would like it personally if it stayed kind of separate from the main event itself and have you have your independent sites uh, and all that, just having it plastered all everywhere is kind of unnecessary. We all know what sports betting is and it's a little bit annoying. And I could definitely see how, you know, younger people watching it might get negatively impacted uh, and curious as to what it is. Right. And they might launch a new at young. I, I think, yeah, that's, that's the issue for me, I think is, is kind of like separating the culture, uh, which I think, you know, by being on shirts, by having your advertisement in the game, like the stadiums and, and on the broadcast can maybe link these things in, in association strongly in a way that's negative for the overall culture. I, I think of like other band things like, or not band things, but like, it's not a perfect comparison, but like controlled substances, right? Like other yeah. things that can be addictive. Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily feel like, you know, like cigarettes, which are just definitely harmful. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like it feels a little good, but they're definitely harmful. And you can't, arguably, you, you can't really do it responsibly, yeah. but you could gamble responsibly. Exactly. Um, I mean, look at Heineken. Heineken is the main sponsor of the Champions League. And, you know, what if it was 60 problem drinkers, mm. you know, that, that yeah. you know, write a letter to the Champions League saying that this is, uh, this is, this is promoting, you know, alcohol in excess of like, it's, it's, it's promotion in in the range of danger. And I don't think sports gambling is at that point yet. Um, but like how, like how Nick was saying with baseball and like, you know, at that point, a QR code will come up here in Canada. We're kind of lucky uh in in terms because we're actually growing into sports gambling very slowly we don't even have single bet or player bet uh player prop uh wagers allowed to be made we can only make wagers on parlay bets which is uh making bets on multiple matches and then having uh success in in predicting those matches you get it but i think it was just a month ago or maybe it was even january i might be wrong um i mean canada's trying to pass a bill for single single match sports betting as a revenue stream you can find success, but like like you said, Adrian, I agree 100%. In if you compare it with anything like uh, controlled substances, uh, which the investment is certainly there and addiction comparison is certainly there, uh, you, certainly, you definitely have to be careful with it moving forward. Yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me of the whole like legalizing weed kind of debate. Uh, and it's kind of like everything, right? Like it's good in moderation, right? Like you have advertisements for beer everywhere. You know, there's there's beer ads there's been beer ads you know for as long as we've been watching sports right it's beer ad after beer ad after beer ad i feel like we were kind of past the cigarette advertising age 
where kind of we we came into sports watching when that was when that was gone but there used to be that like i feel like sports are you know it caters to that audience right it caters to the people who uh enjoy those things and it makes sense that people who watch sports are going to be into sports gambling if we could all do it in moderation right like if, if we put 20 bucks into our account and just have fun with it do it occasionally as a way to make a less than interesting match more interesting uh, then I don't think that's a negative, negative, negative thing at all. Uh, but I could definitely see where it gets to a point where it's, it's harmful for certain people who can't can kind of control it in that way. Yeah. And I, I think it's a little strange for me to think about like, okay, how do you regulate this thing? Like, is this something that people have the right to do kind of thing? But I, I think moving past that to a potential like side issue of this is, you know, match fixing is to do with betting and the more bets you have and, and also like the different kinds of bets you have that opens the door to more and more of it. Like I, I was watching a video that was on YouTube saying that a lot of sports betting related to match fixing is actually on lower leagues because there's less scrutiny and it's easier to influence those players. So then you also have a sort of risk to the, to the players, which, you know, they also have even at the highest level, as we mentioned before, so there is some problematic stuff there. And I, I didn't think about this too deeply before we started, but yeah, I think it is important to kind of separate the, the culture a little bit by taking advertising out of it. I'd like to see Fun 88 off of Newcastle's shirt, especially because they're, they ingratiate themselves with like, you know, a fun social media account. They, they really are kind of thin edge of the wedge wedging into the game i couldn't think of what to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and like you know palace went from mansion which is a chinese betting company to man bet x which is another chinese betting company um you know stoke city changed the, their name of the stadium from the britannia stadium to bet 365 and it's like stuff like that where it's like you know like we get it i mean i guess this is the new thing right like if the gambling stuff um passes and 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 there's rules against that. There's going to be something else that comes in and, and takes that space, right? Like maybe it'll be crypto. That's the next thing that'll come in. Like instead of instead of Bet365, it'll be like Bitcoin Stadium. I don't know. There's always going to be something that's not necessarily the best for everyone. Uh, take that is going to infiltrate the, you know the game and 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 because there's so many eyeballs on it, right? It's so easy to reach so many people when you advertise on like a Premier League or or uh, you know. Champions League or Euro or World Cup game. Well, let's get away from gambling then, talk about something that has nothing to do with gambling, a fantasy draft. Hello, Florida. <gasps> I'm not a state. I'm a monster. <laughs> no, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. Welcome, everyone, to the 2021 European Super League draft. As punishment uh, for the dastardly deeds of the top six, us at Soccer Group Chat are stealing their players away from them and making five-a-side teams out of the best players from those clubs. The genesis of this topic was a few episodes ago, uh, we were kind of saying that a punishment for these European Super League teams should be that they get dissolved and all their players get put into this big pot and the other 14 can draft from this pot. However, we don't have all day. 
we have one hour plus maybe a little bit extra. So we're going to make five aside teams out of players from strictly the top six. Does this make sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, so I've got, I've got the numbers. We decided we'd do like a snake draft. So one, two, three, three, two, one. And those placements are based on our current positions in the random predictions table. So let's see who's going to get the first spoonful of this player pot. <laughs> uh, so we're each going to pick one player from each of the scummy six. Nick, you managed to maintain a five-point lead from last week at the top of the table, so you are going third. Okay. Hope, you got two points ahead of me last week, which means you are now one point ahead of me in the standings. You are going second, and I get to kick things off. Can we cue the music for the uh, the pick, please? Okay, so for my first pick, I thought about this. I wanted to go with a few picks for my heart. Hopefully those guys will still be around when I get there, but I have to go with who I think is the overall best player in the Premier League, Kevin De Bruyne. Are you going to like just like explain your pick at all or just that's it? I mean, I just said I think he's the best. All right. <laughs> okay. Hope over to you. <laughs> I feel like there's no, no, uh, no protests or ifs, ands, or buts with your pick. I mean, that makes sense, right? No, I mean, why could you? Oh, I thought you meant like you could challenge it or something. No, no. I... I'll let you, I'll let you have Kevin De Bruyne if you, if you drop 10 points in the no, no, no. prediction. No, <laughs> no draft day trades. Okay. No draft, no trades. We're, we're going straight through. So, uh, Okay, it's my turn? Yep. Yeah, okay, so we're doing, just to be clear, we're doing five aside, five outfield players, plus a goalkeeper, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so Kevin De Bruyne is off the board um, because Adrian thinks that he is the best all-around player in the EPL, but, uh, you know, I'm still thinking, I'm thinking about my five-a-side team and what drives a five-a-side team. And on a smaller pitch with fewer players, you know, you need technical skill, you need finishing ability, you need stamina, um, but mostly you need effort. And when it comes down to effort, what player in the league is better at putting his heart on the pitch than Chelsea's own N'Golo Conte. So N'Golo Conte is my number one pick. Man, the thing I hate most about doing fantasy drafts is how when the person directly in front of you steals the guy that you were going to take. And that is exactly what happened in the first round. So uh, this is great. Let me just just pivot because uh, Hope was thinking along the same lines as me. But uh, with the third selection in the ESL draft. Uh, Giovanni Losacco is pr- proud to select from Spurs uh, Harry Kane. Uh, Hope and I <laughs> both just almost had a heart attack because we thought you were picking Loselso. I no, thought so is, too. Yeah, and I was like, are you is, like, how <laughs> dumb are you? What is wrong with that you? Is, okay, Harry is, Kane. That makes that sense. Is my, that is my Loselso? team name. That is my team name. <laughs> like, I, 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 knew, I knew you guys would react this way. Um, my face is like bright red right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, Harry Kane, I mean, best striker in the Premier League. One of, the, one of if not the best strikers in the world. Uh, tracks back, plays defense, heart and soul of the side. Uh, and to keep this moving, because it's a snake draft, and I also get the fourth pick, uh, I was going to take Son, but since it's only one per team, uh, I'm going to go over to Liverpool, and I am going to select... Another prolific goal scorer. My team is going all offense. 
the Egyptian sensation, Mo Salah. Uh, him and Kane up top will be a prolific strike partnership that uh, uh, these, you know, these other five-a-side teams are going to have, uh, frankly, have vast amounts of difficulty dealing with. You know, you're with a front line of most, I mean, if if Harry Kane had Mo Salah out of his side, you know, he'd probably be just as successful if he had that he has Youngman's son on his side right now. Um, Nick's Nick loves the attacking side. Nick loves goals. He loves skills. Um, but if you guys know me, I love defending and I love holding clean sheets. And even though since this is a fantasy draft, I'm honestly not taking into account something like injuries. So for me, if I want to, I, I already have N'Golo Conte in the middle, but I just want someone who can still shore up back there, but also be able to play the ball and keep pace with some of these, these crazy talented attackers in the five aside. Uh, so I'm taking uh, Virgil van Dyke from Liverpool. Yeah, I didn't have much time to go over my picks when we officially made this a topic. So most of my first round and only round of picks are gone. So now I'm, I'm trying to think strategically. I'm trying to think of who guys, who you are not picking and who I can maybe leave out. I feel like I'm going to make a bonehead move here. So I've got De Bruyne. I, I think I'm pretty much set, to be honest. I think I could put whoever I want around them. And, and if they're in a Premier League player, we'll probably do fine. But I still want quality. So for pick number six, I'm going to take I'm going to take uh, Sun because I, I want some attack. So I will take Hunman Sun for a bit of a goal threat. He's shown he's a good finisher. So when I was thinking of these for my next pick, so pick number seven, when I was thinking of the teams and who I would pick, I kept making lists and being like, who is the sixth team? Who is the team I keep forgetting to pick a player from and that is man united i kept forgetting about man united so let's just grab one of them now i'm i'm gonna take marcus rashford that's some skill that's i wasn't expecting that okay well he's got some skill uh you know my team is coming into my mind now we're gonna have kevin playing that false nine and we're gonna have some split forwards on the wings there with with sun and with uh rashford cutting in and no natural strikers, because who needs them? Okay. All right. I'm, Amazing. I'm just going to knock off Marcus Rashford. The teams are... This list. The teams, the teams are taking shape nicely. You guys seem shocked by that. I didn't think it would be that shocking. Well, I mean, So like, I'm interested to see who you pick. I'm a bit shocked, but... Well, I just assumed when you were talking about Manchester United, you were taking a different player. I'm not taking the player that I was thinking that I thought you would take from Manchester United. Um, but I just thought if you're picking from Manchester United, there's only one player to pick. I mean, uh, I disagree with that. I disagree I mean, with that. Obviously. Depending, yeah, depending on you know how you want to set up your team. But okay, so we're going to meet. I've already got two players on the board. My I feel like defensively I'm set, right? I've gotten Golo Conte, you know up and down in the middle of the park. Honestly, this season, he's been fantastic breaking up play and also setting up the attack as well as he has been covering for other players on defense. I've got Virgil van Dyke, a healthy Virgil van Dyke, all eight feet tall of him, um, getting balls in the air, and he's also incredibly quick. Um, but, you know, these guys these guys need an, need an outlet and they need a safety. 
Um, and I could pick an attacking player here, but I want to pick my city player here. And when you're playing five aside, everyone needs to play with their feet. And who plays with their feet better than goal than Ederson? Ederson's Ooh. my pick. Okay. First goalkeeper off the board. Adrian was the first one to pick a select a player for Manchester United. Uh, he picked Mar- Marcus Rashford, sending Hope and I into a fit of hysterics because, like Hope was saying, Rashford wasn't the Man U player that he would choose. And I am in the same mind. Um, the Man U player that I'm going to pick uh, for pick number nine in the European uh, Super League draft. Uh, so fitting into the top 10 is none other uh, than Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandes, however you want to pronounce this guy's name. Kane and Salah need somebody to get them the ball. My offense heavy team needs uh, that midfield general, as it were. Bruno Fernandes is going to fit that role for my team. And to go beside him in the in the middle of the park uh, for my next pick, pick number 10, is my Man City player. Uh, maybe a bit off the board, but, you know, as, as a team, you know, you need young players, you need guys who can grow. Um, and one of the brightest young stars in the Premier League today uh, is none other than Phil Foden. Uh, so he is going to uh, be my other midfield player uh, on my five-a-side team. That's interesting because when you said you need young players, you need old players, I was like, I know exactly who's gonna who he's going to pick. And you did not pick who I thought you were going to pick. And I've already picked my Man City player, so I'll just say it. I can't believe you didn't pick Fernandinho. <laughs> Honestly, cannot believe it. And for me, for me, that was my toss up because Fernandinho, like I, I needed a city player, but I'm like, oh, like I don't like really any of these goalkeepers, but in a five aside, I'm like, it's got to be Ederson or Allison, right? Um, but Fernandinho was my was really tore at my heart because he plays a bit of set. He's played a bit of center back. And if you want a ball playing, you know, a, a good ball playing defender, like Fernandinho can slot in there. Um, anyways. So I've got N'Golo Conte. I've got Virgil van Dijk. I've got Ederson. I have a lot of attacking or no, I have a lot of defending. I have no attacking. <laughs> some would say <laughs> I have no attacking players and I'm thinking of an attacking partnership. Uh, but a lot of these, a lot of these guys are, you know, off the board. Harry Kane, Young Men's Son, uh, Mohamed Salah. It's hard to rate it off of this season alone. Pointless. I also like the trend that like all of us are going to struggle to pick our last player who is from Arsenal. <laughs> I've got my Arsenal pick. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm like. I don't know if I'm going to pick Arsenal. him though. <laughs> I don't know who to pick from <laughs> Arsenal guys. We should have. We should have put Leicester in this. Let's be real. It's no, or, it's or, a scummy or West six. Ham. Or West Ham. <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. I'm lost uh, without Wilf. So as I said in the in the in the pre-match, we would call it. Um, I, I not understanding the rules. I was going to take Olivier Giroud <laughs> because you know just just toss a ball to him in a box at a, in a smaller net on a smaller pitch, and you know chances are he's going to finish. So you know you're replacing that's pretty tough. Uh, and I'm going through players uh, in this top six, and you who can give me that. Um, and for me, he's on Manchester United, and his name's Edison Cavani. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, that's a good yeah. shout. Because I was thinking before I realized I was making a mistake, I was like, okay, I'll pick Aguero. And then I was like, nah, well, obviously I can't. I got to Bruyne. 
But I think that's a good pick. If I was making a five-a-side Man U team, I'd pick Cavani before Bruno Fernandes. As would I. As yeah. would I. Damn. Yeah. But I also think you guys are underrating Marcus Rashford. I'm very confident in my team. So far, I've got Kevin De Bruyne, Son, and Rashford. I'm going to move to Chelsea. I think I've got lots of attacking talent. So I'm going to need some defense. And let's just say uh, if I was going to try and make a Champions League winning team and I had to pick one player, it'd be Aspilicueta. Yes. With 11 Aspilicuetas, you could win the Champions League. So he is my, my rock at the back. Uh, I love it. And then I think I get my next pick. Yes, you do. Yeah, so I'm going to pick my fifth player, and I I can pick from from uh, Liverpool or Arsenal here, and I have a bit of a strategy. My strategy, and I'll just tell you what it is. Uh, I, I'm going to dump the goalkeeper. I don't care who I get because I think it's five aside. It'll be fine. It's a smaller net. I think we can can cope no matter what, and I don't think anyone has the same sixth man effect as Ederson. So I'm going to go with who I think for me is the best Arsenal pick. He's been one of their best players. He's played wing back. He's played wing. So he's versatile. I'm taking Tierney. Nice. I was debating him for my next pick. So is your team full yet then? Or you have one more? No, I'm, I'm going to take my keeper from the scraps that are left. From the scrap heap? The scrap keep? Uh, Hope over to you. So I've got my Manchester United pick and Edison Cavani. Uh, I have the eventual Champions League winner, eventual Euro Euro 2021 winner. Uh, and once he wins both of those, he's a shoe in for the Golden Boot and Golden Boot Conte um, <laughs> from Chelsea. And <laughs> I've got Virgil van Dijk from Liverpool. I have Ederson from City. So, you know, talk about you know, talk about being stuck. I've got to choose players from Spurs and Arsenal to fill out my, my, my striker position and my defending position. I really wanted Tierney, but if Tierney's off the board, see the, see the difficulty is like, I don't want a defender from Spurs. <laughs> I know it's very difficult really set of rules here. Nor do I want one from Arsenal really but I'm afraid of what forwards will be left on the board if I go for a defender right now. Um, but, you know, God, there's these teams are really make you struggle. Uh, so I'm, I'm going with a, I'm just going with a partner for Cavani. Um, speed pace, you know, can play off him. Aubameyang. Nice. I mean, a year ago, it would have, would have been one of the yeah. easy picks. Uh, yeah. I was about to say the same, but, uh, you know, Malaria, we're also man. pretending that um, pretending that injuries don't exist either. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised that he fell all the way down to 14, but that's the sign of the times. Uh, so if you guys are done, I guess I get two picks in a row so I can round out my team. If that is true. Mm hmm. I was struggling a bit because I also have uh, I have Chelsea and Arsenal left uh, to pick from Arsenal. I was trying to avoid until the last possible moment because honestly, I am looking at their squad and I'm like, man, I don't know. 
they seem to have some good uh, young midfielders. They have some good forwards. Their defense is a little bit shambles. But since it's a five-a-side team, and you know, to be to win five-a-side, you need a little bit. You need skill, but you also need a bit of swag. You need some attitude. Uh, and who better to provide the attitude on defense than Mr. Afro himself, Davy Louise? He he's a rock. He's a rock at the back. Uh, he can <laughs> <laughs> he no. can take free kicks. No, uh, he's not. He he he's unpredictable. He's as liable to uh, you know score a banger as he is to two footed tackle someone and get a straight red. Uh, and that's what you need in five aside. You need some intimidation at the back. So I'm going to go with uh, David Louise for my uh, defensive spot and my arsenal spot. <laughs> and then uh, uh, my keeper is coming from Chelsea, came out of nowhere, came out of relative obscurity to lead the Blues uh, to the Champions League final. Um, none other than, Ke- I'm kidding, not Keppa. Uh, we're going with Edward Mendy probably the second best goalkeeper on this list. Well, that I have the best goalkeeper that is still oh. available to me because yeah. Allison is probably the, the second best goalkeeper on this list. Uh, so we're going to go with my final two picks, Davy Louise and Edward Mendy. Uh, and my squad is complete. I just love how, how Nick is living off the David Louise of 2011, <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. so happy. That's with your my one defender. <laughs> That's your <laughs> one defender, man. We're going full. Leads. We're going full. We are going to ship goals, but you can't outscore the squad. You can't. I think outscore. you can. <laughs> you can Who's in your team? You, you can't got outscore my five aside purely attacking, pure silk squad. You cannot do it. We got Kane, Salah, Foden, Bruno Fernandez, and Davi Luiz. With Edward Mendy in goal. So good luck. Good luck, boys. Good luck to uh, all the other XTSC teams trying to take down Giovanni Losacco here. Uh, so, with my last pick of the 2021 SGC podcast draft, fantasy draft, uh, I am in a pickle um, because I had initially based my team around picking all Chelsea players. And then I, when I realized I shouldn't be doing that, I just kind of replaced players with who I think their you know analogs from other teams might be or what they might provide. And now I'm left with um, who would have been Cesaris Piliqueta, and I have to pick it from Spurs. Um, <laughs> we might have to be playing some weird football. We might have to change our formation entirely. Because <laughs> is are N'Golo Conte and Virgil Van Dijk enough to cover at the back against you know a five side team? Probably not. So I don't want to leave anyone too exposed. Uh, but I still want some some solidity, some ball playing out of that last that last position. And with with Aspilicueta, I wanted like someone who on the odd occasion has played both the right and left side and can get forward and support our attackers when needed, but I can't really do that anymore. Um, so if, if I've got to take a shot in the dark from Spurs uh, as a utility guy who can kind of fill where I need to, um, we're just going to have a bit more attacking pressure on N'Golo Conte. Uh, with my last pick, I am picking Hoiberg from Spurs. Yeah, he's good defensive coverage. I was going to suggest we pick subs. Ooh. And maybe my first sub would have been Hoiberg. So 
to, to get to my last pick though, I still need a keeper. I have one team left to pick from, and I was pretty confident in my strategy of, well, I'll just take whatever keeper is left. And when I was looking at the one team I have to pick from, I thought, oh my God, <laughs> this was a risky strategy because I could have been left with either Keller or Adrian. <laughs> but thankfully I can, I can go ahead and pick Allison, who was probably my second choice after Ederson anyway. So our teams are rounded out. Our squads are full. Uh, one team looks like is far and away the best, but that remains to be seen. Uh, it, it'll all, you know, on paper, one team is the best by far, but that's why I they play the game. Because I think you're saying I didn't say what players. team is best, but I was wondering, do you guys want to pick one sub each? I think from, we should pick a sub each just from one, anywhere from any one team? bench player from any team. All right, rock paper scissors for who goes first. All right, ready? Jesus, okay. Rock paper scissors. Okay, well, Adrian. Okay, so out. I go first because I'm the odd one out. All right, okay. sounds good. Yep. <laughs> Oh, you guys folded so quick. So I can pick from any team? From yep, any, team, any team. If you have one sub, one super sub to change the game, who do you pick? You know what? I don't really have any proper strikers. Like I have people who can play striker. So my instinct is to go from a striker, but I also only have one center back. So maybe I could use someone there or a utility player. Let's go for the offensive. Uh, I'll, I'll take Aguero. So I can just have a proper goal scorer. It's five aside, so he's he's just going to be able to be on there to score goals. He's also going to be their penalty taker. Beautiful. Because of Penenka's. <laughs> and then he's going to go to Twitter to apologize. Luckily, yeah, none of us. Oh, wait, no. Someone did pick Mondi. Who, who is a super sub um, from these six teams? Uh, I have a very defensive unit, I think. I have a very defensive unit, and we're going to... We're kind of we're kind of scoring goals off breaking up attack and just efficiency with Cavani and maybe Aubameyang off what Cavani can uh, hold up and create for him. Um, so if I want someone, I, I think I really need someone impactful, someone who can really dribble the ball uh, and 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 create something out of nothing. And uh, in this top six, who does that better than Captain America himself, Christian Pulisic? <laughs> Any analysis, Hope, or it, he speaks for himself? I think as a super sub, it's great because Christian Pulisic, he can't even run 90 minutes anyways. Oh, but by God, if you watch him in the last 20 minutes of a match, he you know, is he's a world the next beater. coming. He is the next coming. <laughs> All right. So uh, with the very last pick, uh, since you guys laughed at my, defens- my defensive pick, um, deservedly so, but I, I stand by it. I stand by uh, the quality of David Luiz. I stand by the quantity of David Luiz, the quantity of his hair, the quantity of his exceptionalism. Uh, but we do need some defensive cover in the event that he doesn't know how to play defense, which he doesn't really. So um, somehow this man was left. Uh, uh, this man was left in the pot. No one decided to scoop him out until right now. Uh, he is a world beater in his own right. My my last pick, my bench player, uh, I'm going back to Liverpool and I'm going to take Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think that, you know, he could cover defensively. He can cover an attack. Um, he can run things from the back. And he's just another uh, addition to my uh, fine squad. 
So that is my last pick of this draft. I think I have the most well-rounded team, but let's start from Nick and let's go over a recap of what uh, what our teams look like. Starting up top, we've got Harry Kane, partnership with uh, Mohamed Salah, your classic two best goal-scoring forwards in the entire Premier League, maybe in the entire world. Uh, no big deal. In the mid, you've got Bruno Fernandes and Phil Foden. Uh, two guys who are going to work their tails off. Maybe not Bruno Fernandes, but you know he's going to uh, play the perfect pass every time. Uh, in your D spot, you got David Luiz patrolling uh, the back end, tidying up any messes, most of which he's going to create himself. And then, or you have Trent Alexander-Arnold, depending on um, the opponent or just the day. And then. Uh, between the pipes, you've got Edward Mendy. Uh, good luck getting anything past him. Uh, Hope, over to you. You know, I'm not going to lie. You started off first, and I forgot that you had Mohamed Salah and Harry Kane. And, you know, those are, those are two really good players. But, I mean, like I said, we are, we, my team, my five-a-side team, which I will name uh, Chelsea Shithouse, too. Um, I think we are... I think we can hold down any attacking any attacking threat. I've got Ederson in goal, Virgil Van Dyke and Hoiberg running my block my back line, and Golo Conte bossing the midfield. Uh, and once you get past that transition, you have to face Aubameyang on the counter or, or Cavani just taking half chances or whatever balls come in and trying to convert. And then off the bench, if you need a bit of creativity, Christian Pulisic. I think this team beats anyone, either of yours any day. Let's put it in Volta squads. Adrian? Well, well, let me explain why, why it doesn't beat mine. So I'll, I'll start from the back. Uh, we've got arguably the best sweeper keeper in the Premier League. Not this season because of injury problems, but Allison. Uh, then we're going to have my less defensive defender because he's going to be the namesake of my team, which I just named right now. The Tiernadoshian Walls, named after the... Uh, <laughs> Theodosian walls, the three-layered defense of Constantinople. And I don't see any Hungarians on your team that are going to can in your way through that. Uh, he's going to be partnered with Aspa Laqueta. So one, just a very all-around solid player, uh, as well as an experienced, cool defender so who I have every confidence in. Then in the middle of the park, we're going to have Kevin De Bruyne, he can do everything. He's got energy for days. He can pass. He can shoot. There is nowhere on the pitch where this guy isn't a threat. He is the best player in the Premier League, I think. And then up front, we're going to have split forwards. We're going to have Sun. And then we're going to have Rashford, both very skilled. Both love taking a man on and scoring a cheeky goal. Uh, so I have every confidence that they will get a goal, but if we need to be a little bit more direct, I'll just bring Aguero off the bench. Sorry, I'll bring Aguero! That's that's the sound that was made when he tried to uh, Panenka Mendy, by the way. So we're going to post our squads on our socials. Uh, we'll tweet them out. Uh, we'll Instagram them up. Uh, you feel free to uh, lambast us. Feel free to yell at us. Feel free to judge. Feel free to praise uh, the, the squad that's going to win and we'll try and find a way to um, play this out on some video game perhaps all right welcome back 
let's get back to regular content. We're doing our random predictions. You guys seem so hyped about the idea of Newport and port cities that we're going to do a whole port cities random predictions. So let's just dive in. This is a very special theme. It is the top 50 world container port countdown as of 2018. Uh, so the first is in Morocco. We've got the port of Tangier Med that's right near Tangier uh, on the Straits of Gibraltar. So we've got Olympic Safi facing Itihad Tangier. And this is actually the 43rd biggest port, but now in 2021, it's the 18th biggest. So just remember all these are out of date. Uh, Hope, what do you think the scoreline will be? Oh, I have no idea. So with a wild guess um, from the team that I only remember, Etihad Tangier wins 1-0. Etihad. Etihad. We're going to have to go with the team that sounds like Mini Man City, uh, Etihad Tangier. Uh, I also love how we started this with like a, a gambling conversation and then fantasy this and now random. So we're really... Pro- get proponents of of gambling here on this podcast that's okay uh one nil for the tangier tanger outlets team i disagree so strongly with nick i think we're showing that it's fun just to predict with your friends and there doesn't need to be any money on it and just to show how strongly i disagree i'm going to say it's going to be five nil for olympic safi next let's move to the 41st biggest port it's a joint port the seattle tacoma northwestern seaport alliance and we've got tacoma defiance hosting orange county soccer club hey uh sorry tacoma what tacoma defiance and orange county soccer club oh those those defiant tacomans tacoma's in oklahoma uh no it's 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 in washington is it in Washington? Yeah, it's got a port. Oh, that's the one at the port. I don't know why yeah. I thought Tacoma was in Washington. You know what? Uh, I defy their location. Um, so whatever the other team was, <laughs> uh, 2-0. Should have been Oklahoma. Yeah. lose because of it. Should have been Oklahoma. Gotta go with the OC, baby. Great show. 2-0. No. No, it wasn't a good show. Yeah, terrible show. Two no Tacoma. Objectively, awesome. one tree hill all the way. Oh, uh, let's boy. move to the Red Sea. It's got the thirty-sixth biggest port as of twenty eighteen. It is Jeddah, and we have Damak hosting Al Itihad Jeddah. I feel like we've said Damak before. Uh, we've used Damak before. Um, it's a draw though. One one. Gonna go with another mini man city. Itihad Jeddah, two one. I'm just gonna put the opposite of Nick two one for Dana. Actually, no, I'm gonna copy Nick just to show him there's no hard feelings. When are we? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But when are we ending this? Like, does it end next week when the Premier League ends? Or no, it, going... it ends. It ends when we die. <laughs> so this is just the full lifetime ride. I mean, table. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out off the air. Maybe after Euros. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, before the next season sounds good. Okay. All right. Okay, let's move to the 27th biggest port as of 2018. It is Bremen Bremerhaven, and that is represented by Werder Bremen, who are being hosted by Augsburg. So it's Augsburg and Werder Bremen. 
Um, for me, it's an easy choice. I don't know if you guys have ever played The Witcher 3, um, but The Witcher 3 makes a play on this statue that is in Bremen of a cow, and there's a dog standing on the cow, and on top of the dog standing on top of the cow is a chicken. And I believe they're called the musicians of Bremen or the fools of Bremen or something like that. Um, and, you know, livestock plus a port, that's a winning combination to me. 2-0 for Bremen. Bremen. I got halfway through The Witcher 3 before I got kind of bored because it's kind of an open world game, which I kind of get bored of fast. But anyway, uh, Augsburg. This is Bundesliga, right? So... Man, Augsburg, uh, two one. They have Kevin Kevin Mbabu, I think his name is Mbabu. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a former Newcastle player. Man, I wish he didn't leave. He's very good for Augsburg. <laughs> I believe we bought. Um, I believe we bought Kevin De Bruyne from Werder Bremen. Yeah. So, I am going to say I like Bremen. I think they're actually one of the most successful teams, but they're not doing well right now in the Bundesliga. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it's one, two, two Bremen. Next, we're going to go to the 11th biggest port as of 2018. It is Rotterdam biggest port in Europe. The last European entry on this list. It is the, uh, women's league. We've got here in Veen versus Excelsior. Excelsior is the team from Rotterdam. Excelsior, like Professor Frank would say. Um, 1-0 for Excelsior. Uh, we got to go with uh, Vine. 3-0. That's a big one. That's a big scoreline. I am going to, to, in order to disagree with Nick, I'm going to give it a Richard scoreline of 1-3. <laughs> Let's move to the second biggest port. It's Singapore, which of course is an island. Woo! and a city-state, so it's only the one city, but we've got a whole league of teams in there. We've got Geylang International and Hugong. Geylang International. Um, 3-1 for our Singaporean friend, Richard Beattie. 1-3 or 3-1? So on Friday, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out. Mass Effect is my favorite video game series. There's a character in the third installment named Kai Lang, uh, who's a very annoying assassin. So in honor of Kai Lang, in honor of the release of this epic video game series, I'm going to go with Guy Lang International. Uh, 3-0 because there are three Mass Effect games. There are, but I heard the third one is bad, and I think that's going to affect things it's, i'm gonna I say heard it was famously do do it's it's a great game the game itself is amazing way ahead of its time it's just the, a very controversial ending the ending was was it was like three games for that come on but i never really had a problem with it uh i'm gonna say regardless of that i have a friend who's a big a different friend who's a big fan and he didn't like it so i'm gonna say one bad ending First two good games. So it's 2-1 to Hu Gang. And finally, the biggest port in the world, Shanghai. So we've got Shanghai Port FC versus Dalian Pro, the former home of Rafael Benitez. Uh, 
you just never really recover from losing Rafa Benitez from your team, do you? No. Um, so it's sorry, Shanghai. What's the first team? Shanghai. Shanghai Port FC versus uh, Dalian Pro. Okay. Uh, yeah, you never recover, but you know if they can afford Rafa Benitez and he's gone, they can probably afford some more players, and they probably still have them for one more season. Um, so Dalian wins two uh, one. Ooh, um, yeah, I I have no idea. Uh, so we're gonna take Dalian also, uh, one nil. I believe in this port, and I'm gonna say that they're gonna win two nil. So Shanghai is gonna win two nil over Dalian. Next, we're gonna go to uh, a free point for everyone: uh, Newcastle versus Man City in the Premier League. Yeah, no, this is absolutely a free point. With Manchester United's loss to Leicester um, today, Manchester City clinched the league. Uh, where's this game being played? It's being played in Newcastle. So around the Tyneport area. Around the Tyneport area. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams uh, can it after they secure the league, um, but not until they get to lift the trophy themselves at their... Uh, at uh, I don't even I don't know what their stadium's called. Um, but Manchester City are going to win uh, 3-0. So, is this the second last week of the season? No, I think there's three games left for for most uh, teams. Okay. So, fans are not allowed back yet. Or will they be allowed back? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, it it's it's subjective because for, during the Carabao Cup final they had like 2000 fans. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Go on. I, I saw that that I think the last two weeks there's ten thousand fans allowed at Premier League stadiums. Um, I also saw that England had no COVID deaths for the first time in a year yesterday. So things are going well over there. That's good to see. But that's that really has nothing to do with this game. I, I was kind of thinking along the same lines as Hope. Like City won the league, and it makes sense to kind of rest players and stuff, like because they have the Champions League final coming up and everything. Um, and maybe they could just, you know, ride off into the sunset uh, and not put forth their best effort for the rest of the season. But, and I think Newcastle, I don't know. Oh, they're 100% safe because the relegation spots are 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 all said and done with. So this is kind of a nothing game. So we're going to say that it's going to be 2-2. <laughs> uh, obviously, you haven't heard that Callum Wilson is injured. <laughs> so. I've heard nothing. Uh, so I, I don't know if we're going to get two goals, uh, but Joe Willick, maybe, maybe he'll get him. Yeah. Gordiola doesn't let his players like he's always still at that intensity. He wants his players to compete. And even if they rest people, they have such a deep squad yeah. that I don't think it'll matter that much. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's just a, a flat two nil uh, for city. Let's go to the South coast. We've got Southampton and poor, poor Fulham. That's it for Fulham this season. They're not winning another match. Um, Southampton's going to win 2 0. I could not agree more. So I'm going to take 2 0 Southampton as well. I'm going to just put it at a 1 0. Uh, I don't think Fulham will score. They've been having so much trouble doing that. And you meant for me. I was like, man, like you can't just adulterate my score. <laughs> Why? I do it every week. 
Uh, let's move to Liverpool, a uh, famous port city, and we've got Everton versus Sheffield. This is a battle of whoever Nick Gale hates the most. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got poor doomed Sheffield versus Carlo Ancelotti's Toffees. Uh, well, you know, Sheffield, they're getting relegated this season, but, you know, they're, they're going to go down in history for um, letting in a shit ton of goals. Um, and I think they're going to do the same thing. I think Everton wins. Um, does Everton score a lot? Not really. 2-0. <laughs> yeah, I think Everton's still playing. They're still fighting for the Champions League spots, right? So I think they're still going full full bore, full tilt. Oh, they're not even close. Europa League spots? Europa Conference League oh, spots? Oh, I thought you said Champions League spots. I did. I did. But are they, are they out of it? Are they... They're, they're not they can't anymore i think they're ninth or tenth or oh, wow they fell off uh haven't been keeping as close an eye on everton as i normally do clearly uh but they're still going full bore and sheffield is out they're down um so we're gonna say three one why not sheffield is going to score one goal 46 year old david mcgoldrick will pot one in in the 87th minute for good measure. He's got three goals against Chelsea. Clearly like scoring against blue. (laughs) While you were talking, I put three, one for myself, but I don't want to put the same score as you. I'm going to put three nil because I was kind of waffling between them. Anyway, Sheffield, not really confident that they'll score Everton. I just checked. uh, They can leapfrog Tottenham with a win and they can actually leapfrog Liverpool as well, but they, they're on the same number of games as Liverpool. They, yeah, I, okay, here here we go. If they win, they'll be on the same points as West Ham and the same amount of games as West Ham. So if if things go well for them, they could they could be in fifth. Oh, wow. How about that? Never mind. Well, n- not fifth, probably sixth. Sixth, unless they win by six. So that is our random prediction table for this week. Thank you for listening. We had a lot of fun doing something a little different today, a little more game after our sort of more heavy topics that we've been doing, including how we opened the show. So thanks for sticking with us. We hope to have you again next week. You can find us on Apple Play, Apple Podcasts, sorry, Google Play and Spotify, wherever you find great podcasts. Come join the group chat. Thanks for listening. We'll be in your ears.